it was enough to teach for one hour, but um, we may need three hours on this. So it looks like we, can, we are going to spend three months <laughs> on chapter one. All right, um, but don't worry, we'll, we'll try and, and, and speed up because some of you already want to finish Esther. So last week we, all right, um, I'm good to go, thank you. Praise God. Yes, we welcome you guys watching online. What a blessing to have you. Uh, and the guys that are here, of course, um, we have braved the, the cold just to come and, and, and hear the word of the Lord. So today we are on lesson number four, uh, the kingdom. Lesson number four, the kingdom. Last week we talked about the king. So as we are going to be talking about the kingdom in this lesson, we'll be going back and forth uh, to the king because every time you talk about the kingdom, you cannot do so without the revelation and understanding of the king. And we, we are going to do quite a lot of, of reading in this, in this teaching. I'm sure you're ready for it. Praise God. Esther chapter number one. We are on verse number three to verse number seven today. Verse number three to verse number seven. That in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials and servants, the powers of Persia and Media, the nobles and the princes of the provinces being before him, when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom. Say showed. The riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty for many days. 180 days in all, that is six months. 180 days in all. And when these days were completed, the king made a feast lasting seven days for all the people who were present in Shushan, the citadel, from great to small in the court of the garden of the king's palace. There were white and blue linen curtains fastened with cords of fine linen and purple on silver, on silver rods and marble pillars, and the couches were of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of alabaster, turquoise, and white and black marble. And they served drinks in golden vessels, each, vessels, each vessel being different from the other, with royal wine in abundance, not wine, royal wine in abundance according to the generosity of the king. Praise the Lord. According to the generosity of the, of the king. So we're talking about the kingdom. So last week, to those who were not here, we talked about the king and we said Ahasuerus uh, became king because his father had passed on and he took over from, from, um, from his father. And we also saw that princes are kings waiting to manifest. So you don't become, when you are born in, in royalty, you don't become a king. You are born a king. The wise men had this revelation when they came following the star from the east. The Bible says, they said, where is he who is born king? 
Not where is he who will be king, but where is he who is born king. Now the man that they are saying born king at this particular time is just a young boy, uh, maybe of two years, but already they are seeing him as king. He had not performed a miracle. He had not uh, fed the multitude. He had not raised anybody from the dead. He had not sat down to judge any matter. But yet they had a revelation that he is a king. Why? Because kingship is a DNA. It is not like democracy where a person is elected, voted into office, but you are born a king. So this guy, Ahasuerus, was born a king. He assumed the office and he was, you know, ruling over a territory of 127, you know, provinces and, um, and states. And the Bible says from India to Ethiopia, okay? So from India to Ethiopia, that was how big his kingdom was, right? So his kingdom that he ruled over was that big, from India to Ethiopia, now, a kingdom is a territory or domain under the rule of the king. Okay? You go to Swaziland, it is a kingdom. It is under the rule and the domain of the king. But you come to South Africa, it is not a kingdom. Right? But if you go to you know, KwaZulu-Natal, it's a kingdom and there is a king. If you check when they are doing their budgets, there is actually an allocation for the king. Right? There is an allocation for the king. So, a kingdom is the territory or domain under the rule of the king. In the case of Ahasuerus, it was 127 territories. Now, this is very important. The land in a kingdom belongs to the king. In a kingdom, no one owns land. You don't own anything in a kingdom. It is owned by the king. Is that clear? There is only one owner in a kingdom, and that is the, the king. Now I want you to see this. Look at this uh, from verse 3. That in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials, now I want this part, his officials and his servants, the powers of Persia and Media, the nobles and the princes of the provinces being before him. Now that's his there, it is a possessive pronoun, right? Saying belonging to. So the officials belonged to the king. The servants belonged to, they were a possession of the king. Okay? So not only does the land belong to the king, but the people in a kingdom belong to the king. The people are a possession. You are owned by the king when you are in a kingdom. And you are only there and enjoying the kingdom if you go by the commands of the king. Otherwise, if he so desires that you go out of his kingdom, he can chuck you out of the kingdom and you cannot dispute. You cannot take the matter to anyone. He chooses 
when, how, where, everything. It's his decision. So point number one under this is possessed. Say I am possessed. Say I am possessed. Alright? So this guy possessed all these princes, all these officials. They were his. Now this is important. His, they were his, they were his possessions. Now if you check Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth God created the kingdom the land that's where you find terms like landlord okay landlord landlord the one who owns the land I am a landlord I own the land I own the property I own it's mine it belongs so what do you see? You see a king. Genesis chapter 1, God, you are introduced to the king. And the second thing, you are introduced to the land, the earth that he is creating, the heavens that he is creating, which is his domain. Now I'm not talking about the spiritual one because the spiritual one already existed. But this is the physical one now that he is bringing into, into being. All right. So God created the heavens and the earth. That is his territory, his domain. And the next thing that you find is creating the trees, is creating the seas. Everything was his creation. Made for his good pleasure. All these things belonged and still belong to the king. Psalms chapter 24 verse 1. Psalms 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Not only does the earth, the land, belong to God, but all who dwell in it. You are possessed. You are a possession of another. You belong to another. You are owned. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the world and those who dwell therein. If you dwell in this earth, you are owned. Okay? This is a language. It's not there, you know. You know, our language that we are used to in a democratic environment where everybody has got the freedom of speech, where everyone has got rights. In, the, in a monarch, you don't have rights. You go by the king, whatever the king says. You, you don't have rights. Okay? My rights. That talk is talk for democratic... Uh, republics not kingdoms okay because your right can change just like this the moment the, the, the king says something whatever you call your right then just vanishes just like that so you are owned the earth is the lord's okay Psalms 95 verse 4 to 5 
Psalms 95, verse 4 to 5. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. Are you seeing this? The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Remember, this thing that is making you operate here is, is soil. This is dust that came from the land. If he takes that, <laughs> I want you to see this. When you are in a kingdom, you belong. Everything about you is his. Say, everything about me is his. Now, if everything about you is his, this is the good news now. If God cares for the birds that fly, if God cares for the lilies that grow, how about you? Because you are his. That's why he has made provision for your healing through the finished work of the cross so that he takes care of the body that is his. So that he takes care of the dust that belongs to him. So after all, it's not bad to be possessed by God. It is not bad to be possessed by the king. It is a good thing to know that you are possessed. Now, with this understanding, you will know that you cannot be possessed by two. One is a liar. There is actually one who truly possesses you. You cannot be demon-possessed and God-possessed. So can a Christian be possessed? Yes, by God. But not by evil spirits. You cannot be possessed by the enemy. You cannot be possessed by the devil. You are not his possession. You belong to one. Come on, this is good news. You belong to one. You don't belong to the other side and the other side, you know. That's why, you know, this that follows my mother from my mother's side and my father's side. Come on. You belong to one. John chapter 3 says you are born from above. Putting on an Italian suit does not make you Italian. Putting on an American suit does not make you American. This is a suit that you're putting on. Some got it and it is white. Others got it and it is black. Others got it and it is like this. But these are just suits. We'll take them off. I am possessed. Not by evil spirits. <laughs> ah. Come on. Well, I came to enjoy myself. I, I do. I have the privilege of enjoying this during the course of the week. And I come on Sunday, I enjoy it on my own. With a few people who enjoy it. But I love it. <laughs> right? So, you are a territory 
that is possessed by God. That's why the Bible says, don't you know that your bodies, they are the temple of the Most High God. And to, was that, was that, was that Haggai? You guys are staying in your beautiful homes. But yet the what? The temple of God is in ruins. Then Jesus says, we're going to fix that. We're going to fix the temple. This cannot be in ruins. You have to declare, my body cannot be in ruins. It is the temple of God. Possessed. The house that you stay in, you possess it. You stay in it. It is your possession. God stays in you. He possesses you. He takes care of you. All right? So his, his officials, his servants. You know, we, we say this in one of the sermons, that a suit that is same suit, you put it on, it's your possession, same suit from the same shop, Mandela puts it on, its value is completely different. Why is it different? Because of the one who possesses it. Mandela's will go for an auction and fetch more money. Yours, you cannot even take it for an auction. You won't even think about it. Your old car is not vintage. It's only vintage because of the one who owned it. While you are taking yours to the scrapyard, someone is making five million US dollars. Michael Jordan sneakers, the ones that he was wearing, worn out, they will fetch more than your new ones. You know why? Who possessed? They were whose possession? Now look at you, seated right there, owned, possessed, belonging to the King of Glory. He who was, is, and is to come. The one who does not make a mistake. The all-powerful God. You are his possession. If there is, you know, no one knows beauty like God knows beauty. If God calls you beautiful, come on, forget all these people who are ignorant who call you ugly. They don't know what beauty is. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God's possession. God does not create junk. No, no, no. He doesn't create junk. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Possessed. Possessed. I am possessed. <laughs> the sea is his. He made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Wow. So, this is good. Everything was created by him. You were created by him for his good pleasure. He created you for his good pleasure. Praise God. Okay. So, I love the term that he uses. His officials, his servants. It's not his like we know it. It's he owned them. 
They were under his rule. They were under his control. Okay? He could take their lives at any time, give them life at any time, elevate one at any time, put one down like Haman at any time, raise Mordecai at any time. No consultation. No board meeting. I own everybody, whether you approve of it. That's why it is, in, you know, it's, it's beautiful that God does not inquire hold a meeting with your enemies before he promotes you. He does as he pleases. You are seated there. Do you think there are people, everyone likes it when they see you seated there? No. But you know what? God will still show you grace and goodness. Whether people approve or not, whether you look like you can be rich or not, it doesn't matter how you look like. All that matters is who possesses you. We're going to see that. Let's go. Well, let me go there, then I'll come back, then I'll go there again. You know, the book says, in a great house, there are many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor, but they are in a great house. They belong to the king. Some to honor, some to dishonor. And if any man cleanses himself, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Which means the dishonor take and the honor take does not matter anymore. What matters is when, if any man cleanses himself, he shall be a vessel unto honor. You will leave it in the show and say that this is cheap. Dishonor. And when the right guy comes in the same shop and gets it, it will be trending. Some of you are like, I don't like this, up until someone of honor possesses it. We all rush. It's now beautiful. Like, wow, that car. I won't mention it. But the shape, it's terrible. But when you see others, slowly you begin to warm up to the idea that I think it's beautiful. I think it's me who has a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think I'm the wrong one. And the next thing, I think this is my car. Okay? So the territory is the domain which the king exercises total authority, not partial, total authority. So that territory, its resources, its people, they are all personal property. To the king. Personal. Property. Personal. Personal. Property. To the king. Knowing that you are a personal property. Not to a person. But to God. Created for his good. Pleasure. It reminds me of that story of that donkey. You know, Jesus says, go into the city, you will find a, a donkey that is tied. And, uh, you know, go and untie it. Don't ask, go and untie it. If anyone asks you, now he's not stealing. Go, you see, go untie it. If anyone asks you, say to him, 
the owner, the Lord has need of it. So in other words, Jesus is saying, the person who is going to ask you there thinks he is the owner. So when they ask you, tell them the real owner has need of it. That's why we are not asking you because although the world recognizes you as the owner, you are not the owner. Because everything in a kingdom possesses, you know, belongs to. Ha! Don't ask them. Go get it. So a joke is told uh, that someone, you know, like, you know, people staying together, they wrote on their, let's just say yogurt. They add a bit of their yogurt, put it in the fridge and wrote a sticker there and says, uh, you know, thou shalt not steal and put it in there. And another one came and then where the yogurt was, put a sticker there, the Lord has need of it and took it and, and ate the yogurt. I'm not stealing, it's the Lord who has need of it. Alright, so another point that you find there, the, let's go back, Esther. Let me open my... Right, verse 3, it says, that in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials. I want that part, he made, the king made a feast. The king made a feast. Now, when you hear that the king made a feast, it's not like the king was doing everything. You know, the king is now doing the flowers. Then he rushed from the flowers, he took the couches out of the palace and put them there. And then the king rushed again on the other side and took the turquoise marbles and put them there. No. When the Bible says the king made, what it, what it simply means is the king spoke, I want a feast. That is, that is it. That is the making of the king. The making of the king is in the voice and the word of the king. He did not even need to police anyone. He just says, guys, feast. That was it. And everyone in the palace was running up and down to make sure guys, feast comes to pass. So, his word triggered action. The words of kings, they trigger action. That's why when Jesus cursed that fig tree, he did not stay there. He continued with his journey. Why? Because once a word is released, the ministering angels, they have to be at work while the king is doing other things now, he has to continue doing other things. If ever you speak and you have to wait until it happens, there's a problem with authority. Are you enjoying this? Now, Ecclesiastes chapter number 8, verse 4. Now, this is beautiful because you are not only a possession of the king, and we are not only talking about Ahasuerus saying let there be a feast and there was a feast. No. We are talking about you as a king 
who also belongs in the kingdom of God, who has been given earth to run and to rule over, who also has got a voice, who also has to learn to speak. Because you've got a kingdom, you've got a territory. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4. It says, where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? Can I have it in NIV, please? If you can give me NIV. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Not where the king is. Where the word of a king is, not the king. If you knew where to celebrate, I think this was the right one. Where the word, not where the king is. <laughs> Lord, I'm not worthy that you come to my house. Send a word. Because it's not your presence. No. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Send a word and my servant will be fine. Send a word. And the Bible says he sent a word and what happened? When he inquired when the miracle had taken place, he realized the very moment the word was released, a miracle took place. Why? Because where the word of the king is, not where the king is, so if the king sends a word and the word gets to America, that word when it is in America, it accomplishes the very same thing that the king would have accomplished had he been in America. Which means kings don't need to get visas in order to get things done. They need to release and to learn to speak words. That's why what you speak becomes very important because you are a king. You create by what you say. You are snared by the words of your mouth. Now when the Bible says you are snared by the words of your mouth, what it simply means is that, you know, people put snares, right? If you have ever, you know, if you grew up in the rural areas or, or at some point visited, right? Uh, a part of my childhood, it was in the rural areas and we learned how to, to set the snares, right? So you go into the field, you go and you set a snare. You leave the snare in confidence and you go home. And after some time, you go back again to check where you put the snare. So now words are snares that are thrown into the future. And as you walk, you begin to be snared by what you have been saying. So if you want to be snared by what is positive, as a king begin to release the positive words. So that as you walk in your life, you are snared, you are snared, you are snared. Money snares you there. Promotion snares you there. Victory snares you there. Healing snares you there. But if all you speak is negative, what is negative will snare you. What I was afraid of has befallen me. Snared by the words of your mouth. Your life today is the sum total of your words. Not of your hard work but of your words because your hard work follows your words. <sighs> NIV 
Since a king's word is supreme, I, like, I wanted the supreme word there. Who can say to him, what are you doing? The devil cannot come and say, what are you doing? Your word is supreme. Begin to value what you say. But how can you value what you say if you don't learn first to value what God says? Because if you learn to value what the king of kings says, you also value what you say. If you joke around and you're a king, you're seated there with your, with your, with your servants, and you just say, <laughs> David must die. You are just joking. Now, the servant, carry, they know that the word of the king is supreme. And there's no power. They will kill David. By the time he said, but I was joking. David is already gone. The word of the king is supreme. And who may say to him, what are you doing? <laughs> ah, the devil. No man. After this, what are you doing? I'm doing what kings do. Psalms chapter 29. Now I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the psalm. Psalms chapter 29, from verse 1 through to verse 10. New King James Version. Are you ready for this one? Let me wait for them to put it up here for you guys. Psalms chapter 29 verse 1 to 10. Alright, they'll find me halfway. Give unto the Lord O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now remember, Lord is honor, possessor, master, king. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian, like the young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And his temple, and in his temple, everyone says, Glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. Are you seeing what, what the voice of the Lord does? Are you seeing what the voice of the king does? It makes the deer give birth. Now, when the Bible says the deer give birth, we, the deer does not need to meet another deer. Mm -mm. The deer does not need to wait 
until such a time because that one does not need the voice of the Lord. But the voice of the Lord makes a deer that has not met another deer to give birth without a waiting period. Because everything about time is swallowed in the word of the king. Then the Bible says the ark of the Lord was at Obed Edom and he prospered in three months. He prospered. He became wealth in three months. Now how long does a, a, a cow need to wait until giving birth? More than three months. All these different animals, most of them, more than three months. But Obed Edom was prosperous and wealthy in three months because the Lord was present. The ark of the covenant was present and he prospered. Now, the presence of the ark of the covenant does not make you prosperous. Can I repeat that? The presence of the ark of the covenant does not make one prosperous because it was with the Philistines and they all died and they had to rush to take it back. It was with Obed Edom. He prospered. It was with others. They died. It was with others. They prospered. So the presence of the Lord is not the difference, but it is the acknowledgement of the presence of the Lord by those who have the presence of the Lord that makes the difference. God being present does not make any difference. God can be present and be poor. God can be present in you and be struggling. But when you acknowledge, how do you acknowledge? By releasing the voice. The voice that makes the deer give birth. The voice that passes the Red Sea. The voice that causes the things that are not as though they are. The voice that created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. The voice that makes the impossible possible. The voice that makes the sick healed. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Heart pressed on every side. We are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Struck down, but not abandoned. Because we carry in us the treasure of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we are kings in the kingdom of the king. And whatever we declare shall be. When we speak, it comes to pass. When we release words, we release the angels to cause what we have said to come to a pass. And when I say amen, I'm declaring let every promise of God be a yes in my life. I declare that let every word that God has spoken be my possession. I am possessed by God and I will take possession of everything in this world. I am above and not beneath. I declare I am the head and not the tail. I am forgiven. I declare I am prosperous. I declare I am rich. I declare that I am victorious. I declare that the words that I speak will accomplish everything that I declare. I declare that my words have got power because the word of the king is supreme. Who can say what are you doing? We speak it. It manifests. 
because the word has to become flesh when we declare the barren conceive so shall it be the crippled walk so shall it be every word that God speaks it has to be confirmed because the word of a king has got power confirmed, confirmed, confirmed confirmed, confirmed confirmed, confirmed <laughs> your account will confirm your word <laughs> on your account will confirm your word your body will confirm the word of healing it will be confirmed your children will confirm your words they will serve the Lord everything that you speak it shall be so shall my word be that come out of my mouth they shall not return to me void they will accomplish you know I was in Zimbabwe and someone said, he sent me a message. They go to another church. And they pa said, Pastor, you remember that meeting where you came? I ministered in Kwazana. You know, some of the guys here had gone with me to Kwazana where I ministered. And I gave a prophetic word to this guy. I said to him, I see God giving you a house. There is a house that I'm seeing and God is giving you a house. Now you look at the guy. You look at what he's doing. You look at the house. There is no connection. And now he sends me a message this year and says, Pastor, I know you don't know me, but I'm this guy that you met and you gave me a prophetic word in Kwazana. And you told me that you are seeing a house. I'm sending you this message to tell you that the boss where I am working has bought me land. Not only has he bought me land, but he has promised to build me a house. So this last month in June, he sends me a message and say, Pastor, he is already building a house for me. All you need to do is say, Amen. If God says it, it shall come to pass. If it is spoken, it will come to pass. Though it may tarry, wait for it. Come on, because the vision is yet for an appointed time. Although it may tarry, wait for it, it will surely come to pass. And it will not tell you. God is always on time. Kabaya Nayo. Always on time. We speak the things that are not as though they were. You may be down today, my friend, but you are not out. You're still in the game. You know what is sustaining you? It is the word of the king that is sustaining you. The word of the king is sustaining you. The word of the king is keeping you. The word of the king is protecting you. He commanded the seas and says, you will not pass this line. And still up to now, the sea obeys the command of the word of the Lord. The psalmist says, the words of the Lord, they are pure words. As silver is tried in the furnace of the earth, purified seven times, the words of the Lord are pure. Ancient words ever true they change me they change you and we're still standing today because we are standing on the word of God because his word is a firm foundation what shall we say to these things if we are a king's possession who can be against us come on church it's either we win or we win 
these days I'm teaching my children to make that confession. I'm stranger to failure. Every day before we start a lesson in our home, they have to declare, I'm a stranger to failure. I'm a winner by nature. It's either I win or I win. I do not know defeats because Jesus is the captain. Come on church. We are in it to win it. We're not gonna, we'll continue next week. But listen to this. That king who possesses you, the good news is he is your father. And, and, and the good news is not only that he is your father, but the good news is all that he is, you are. But, but now it, it even gets even better. The good news is the fullness of the Godhead dwells. Now the spirit of the Lord is yearning to speak through your mouth. Learn to keep quiet. No. Munyaka was saying here that learn to have the mind of God speak. Because what is an overflow in your life is what is seen. Now if you put water in a cup that is not transparent, you cannot see the water in the cup unless it begins to overflow. Then you see that there is something in the cup because of the overflow. But from a distance, as long as there is no overflow, you cannot tell. Now it is time for the world to tell what is in you by the way you speak. If you knew that the words that you speak, they are powerful. If you knew it today, if, if that revelation would get into your spirit right now, that the words that you speak are powerful. My question to you is this. What would you say now? If you knew that what you say comes to pass, what would you say now? I found the I am confessions that uh, Prophet Kobas had. And from the day that I got them, I've been saying them in the morning and in the evening. It says, God says, I am that I am. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of light. I am the bright morning star. And because Christ is in me, I am. I am righteous. I am forgiven. I am holy. I am victorious. I am above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I am overcoming. I am. I am. Fearfully and wonderfully made. I am. <laughs> Created in the very image of God. I am. Because now I know that when I command and speak, everything around me must obey. King Ahasuerus made a feast. How did he make the feast? He spoke. And there was obedience everywhere. You know, there's that song that I don't like every other part, but I like the part where it says, 
zvino zvesenga zveziwe kuti ndiri munana ha that's the only part that i like that everything about me must know that i am a miracle my house has to know that my account has to know that remember what i told you when you get into your house say i am here i am grateful i am not complaining i am not murmuring but this is you are not it i'm staying in you but you are not it i may be driving you but i'm not it god is a materialistic god he is not only a spiritual god he is a materialistic god if he was a, only a spiritual god he was not going to create the earth because he already had the spiritual the reason why he created all the things that we can touch feel and see is because he is materialistic and the materials they come from the spiritual so those who have access to the spiritual can cause the spiritual to become matter and the physical by what they say there's no need for you to come to my house say a word number 1 it will cut on time number 2 it will cut on strength and effort number 3 it will shorten the pain of my servant who is lying home sick so what is the good news now as we are about to get into a time to speak and to declare the good news is you can shorten your time of pain and suffering when you learn not to walk to things but when you learn to speak to things open your mouth speak as a king declare as a king lebradosha yakadia barana raria papoya kasanda lepia taya woo kambradia tomashia pa yakuruma nania kalama siko poya le hadusha brekida bana rabia soko baya malebro naya kalibradia somaya then the spirit of the lord took me to the valley that was full of dry bones and say son of man will these dry bones live again <laughs> ezekiel said oh you god you know but i'm not going to speak like ezekiel because i know you know already and i will confidently say yes the dry bones will live again and he said prophesy to the dry bones and as he prophesied to the dry bones every bone came to another bone every joint to another joint everything where it belonged and the marrow came and he says now that you have got the structure i want you to speak life and the bible says like an army kabosha lembredia manaso brekita bayana elibro domonaya breka sudabia tala rabasha nana i speak prosperity in the name of jesus i speak victory Adabayanosa Lebranoniamayashia 
Ureba jadia parato rekredia sonaya. I speak what is not as though they are. I speak prosperity. I speak money in my account. I speak in the name of Jesus. I speak the possessions of this world. I speak the gold of this world. I speak the silver of this world. I speak ownership of means of production. I enjoy perfect health in the name of Jesus. I enjoy perfect health in the name of Jesus. I am a stranger to failure. I am a winner by nature. I am a winner by nature. I am a winner by nature. It's either I win or I win. I do not know defeat. It's not in my vocabulary. No more limitations. No more barriers. No more limitations. No more barriers. I speak speed in my life. I speak speed over the ministry. I speak speed in my life. I speak speed over the ministry. I speak prosperity of God's children. I speak prosperity of the saints. Rebrosha mamayanda. The barren conceive. The poor are made rich. The sick are healed. The crippled walk. The blind see. I declare it in the name of Jesus. The word confirmed with signs, miracles and wonders. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. So shall it be because we believe. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. You are going to go with the word. You come back with the testimony. You are going with the word. You come back with the testimony. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. I want you to declare I am healed. I am prosperous. I am a winner. I do not fail. I succeed in everything. Because the DNA of God is my DNA. The life of God is my life. And the word of God that is in my spirit does not go out and return to me void. It accomplishes everything I desire. So shall it be to those who believe. Because the promises of God, they are yes and amen. Above and not beneath, the head and not the tail. As he is, so are we in this world. You are blessed. See you next week. Bless you.